Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle. And today we have a guest I've been looking forward to for a long time. I'm really looking forward to this, Brian Moran. And I know many of you know of Brian. Some of you, this is going to be the first time hearing about him. I've been talking about him. If you've been listening to our show, I've been talking about him for a while. Author of the 12-week year and just phenomenal. I mean, I was, I was with Brian and Michael earlier this year in the uh, 12-week year live stream, taking an even deeper dive than the book does. And unbelievable. Brian, hey, so excited to have you today. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, great to be here with you, Ben. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know the 12-week year, I mean, this is a runaway, massive bestseller. I, I think personally, I think this is the best goal achievement system, execution system uh, in the marketplace for helping you move and really accomplish big goals. And to give you context too, I mean, uh, I know you guys have worked with some big name companies, especially especially in our industry, in the financial industry, but yeah. New York Life, State Farm, Prudential. I, I think I saw you worked with Tiffany & Co., the jewelry store. Yeah. Uh, tons of different companies. Um, and really, you know, Brian, if, if you maybe want to start with maybe even a little bit of, for people that don't know, if you can give us a brief talk about the 12 week year what in in real simple quick what is the 12 week year yeah so 30,000 foot view it's a, it's a system that helps you get more of what you want faster mm. and and we do that with really a, an intense focus on execution mm -hmm. right we figured out a long time ago uh, it's not what you know it's not who you know it's what gets implemented right and most people have um plenty of access to resources and ideas and strategies and all kinds of things. In the end though, the marketplace only rewards the things that get implemented. And so the 12 week year is a system that drives higher performance in any area of your life by helping you implement more consistently, not perfectly, doesn't have to be perfect, mm -hmm. but just more consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you actually helped me a lot with that too, is that idea of not perfectly, but I remember reading in the book that if you're about 80% on track, execution-wise, you're probably on track for your goal. Yeah. 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 That's interesting because we didn't know that when we kind of put the pieces together. Mm -hmm. um, but with tens of thousands of people using it on the system, I mean, it's, yeah, typically if you're, if you're 80% or higher with the execution, in most cases, you accomplish the goals, which, which kind of makes sense, right? I mean, you're doing the bulk of the stuff and, and, in, and because of the fact that the things you're doing too are the, you know, the old 80, 20, it's the 20 percenters. It's the things that have the greatest impact. So For sure. doing 80% consistency with the stuff that has the greatest impact, it's going to drive some pretty serious results. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes tons of sense. And can you talk to us about how, how did the 12 week year come about? How did you guys come up with it, come across it? Yeah. Interesting story there, Ben, in that, you know, a lot of books, the author sits down kind of comes up with a concept and then writes it out. And then, um, our book was really just documenting what we were doing with our clients. Mm. And in fact, we were headed to a conference in financial services, uh, LAMP, which is for managers. And, and we were thinking about, you know, what do we, what do we want to give out? What kind of shiny stuff do we want to hand out? Yeah. And I'd been thinking about writing a book and um, looked at ghost authors and all of that and decided we didn't like that process. So I said to Michael, I said, look, let's just write a short format book. Mm-hmm right? Let's forget all the fluff. Let's just cut to the quick, what really matters. And so we wrote the precursor to the 12-week year. It was called Periodization, 12 Weeks to Breakthrough. Okay. And we wrote it in 12 weeks. Cool. Yeah. We went, yeah, I know. We went down to Kinko's and the big gamble was, do we print 50? Do we print 100? You know, because right. we didn't want to bring any back. Right. So we printed 100, took them to show. I think we sold them for 10 bucks a copy. We sold out of them. And from that, we sold like 100,000 copies of that thing. No It way. literally- wow. 
changed our business, changed our life. And then Wiley came along and wanted to publish it. We had a chance to expand it. And, but it really, it wasn't us sitting down and coming up with this theory. It was uh, really just documenting the work we had been doing with our clients. And we'd been working with the fundamentals of execution for quite some time mm-hmm. when one of our clients introduced us to periodization. And, and I remember uh, coming across that in college and working out bodybuilding days and and so we took a look at that again, and that's what created the kind of the missing link, right? It was the, it was getting out of this annual environment, taking the the tenets of periodization and applying it outside of athletics in a business setting in a personal setting, and and that's really where the concept of the twelve weeks as a year was born. Mm, yeah, so great. And I'd, I'd actually like to talk about that because I know it was a big paradigm shift for me. I mean, I've been a, you know been an entrepreneur the last 13 and a half years, been in a personal development. I know most of the people listening to this have been, you know, they've read books on goal setting. They've attended seminars. They've done that kind of stuff. When I read your book, that whole idea of, of shifting from annualized thinking was such, it made sense. I mean, it just made sense first of all, but it was such a big shift. Can you talk a bit about that annualized thinking and the pitfalls of annualized thinking? Yeah. So, so like you, you know, I, I had, Boy, this was back in the day. You'd buy cassette tapes and listen to them. Right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm an old guy, but but I remember reading everything on goal setting and the magic of goal setting, and yeah. and I never felt the magic in it. You know, I did better, <laughs> but I never. And I realized that it wasn't about goal setting; it was about goal achievement. Mm. Right? It's really about the implementation. It's one thing to have goals; it's a whole another thing to act on the goals yes. and take the appropriate actions to accomplish the goals. And so, as we were working with clients around that, as we were kind of applying that in our own business and our own life, um, you know, we, we we found that the annual goal setting process, although it had benefits, right? You're better off with annual goals and no goals. You're better Absolutely. off with an annual yeah. plan than no plan. Yeah. There were there were drawbacks with it, yeah. and and so that's when we came across periodization and said, you know, this this can change that for us because we recognize, Hey, we got to get out of the annual environment, mm-hmm. really not knowing how to do it, but no one had ever even questioned it. Right. It's just by default, that's the way people operate, set annual goals, annual plans, break them down. And even in, even in big companies, they were quarterly, but a quarter is part of a whole it's one fourth of a whole. Yeah. So with that, there's this mindset that if, if I'm behind earlier in the year, it's no big deal. Right. Cause I've got all this time to catch up. Mm. That that's one of the pitfalls in an annual environment is the illusion of lots of time. Yeah, um, we're recording. It's it's um, it's early March, kind of mid March, and and people are behind, but not too many are really worried because they're thinking, well, you know, I got three more quarters. I got I got the rest know, of the year. Yeah, yeah, rest of the year to catch up, and and that's the mindset that keeps us from accomplishing what we're capable of. Because you might you might catch up and hit the goal. Yeah, but you can't make up lost capacity that you left on the table last week, last month, three months ago. And, and honestly, Ben, that's the difference between where people are performing, what they're capable of. It's not about working harder and longer. It's about capturing that capacity and just acting more consistently on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And I think that for so many people, exactly what you just said, you know, we, everyone, especially if you're in a goal setting, you, you set your goals end of December, you're excited for the year. They're probably, it's like getting into the gym almost. You're, you're, you're working towards for the first few weeks and you start to drift on your habits, right? Yep. And, uh, and then, uh, <laughs> and then you're a few months behind. And like you say, I mean, just telling her, so I got lots of time, no big deal. I'm going to make up for it in the next one or the second half of the year. Yeah. So, so that does all make sense. And, and why switching that? Uh, one thing I've still, I mean, I've, I don't know how many 12 week years I've been through myself, several 
And, um, you know, some, some with really good success and some were full disclosure. I mean, I felt completely off course and, and had to reset them. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but shifting from that, what, what kind of tips would you give people in making that shift from the annualized thinking, which a lot of people are so conditioned to, to really starting to work with this, you know, not a 12 month year, but a 12 week year. Yeah. The first is it won't be like you, you already alluded. It's not like flipping a switch because everything they've done is annualized and, yeah. and more than likely their company's still annualized. If they're in sales, the reward programs are annualized. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I wouldn't spend a lot of energy trying to change that. You know, you don't need to, you can still periodize your practice and um, just realize that, that it's not going to be like flipping a switch. There's a process to it. There's a mindset shift. There's a, there, there's a way to, there's a cadence <clears throat> to a 12 week year and a rhythm that you've got to find. Um, <clears throat> and recognizing that, you know, some 12 week years, you're going to perform better than others, right? You're going to stumble. It's part of the process. Mm. Um, but if you apply the system, you get better. And so really recognizing that, I think the first thing people have to come to grips with is it's not enough to know. You've got to execute. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because we keep chasing new ideas and there's nothing wrong with new ideas. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I read a ton of books, but but I'm always reading them with an eye towards how I can apply it. Mm. Because if I read it and I don't apply it, it's wasted. Mm -hmm. um, and and so the 12 week year is, you know, the emphasis is all on implementation. So that's a different mindset too, right? Instead of going out <clears throat> and increasing my potential, let's tap the current potential I have. Right. Let's right. tap the capacity that currently exists and, and do that more consistently and just see what happens. Um, but there is a rhythm to it that when you start, it'll be a little weird, but you want to, you literally want to treat every 12 weeks as a year. And, and so for your listeners, that doesn't mean that we're going to try and take everything we were doing 12 months and cram it into 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Um, you're, you're going to really pare it down and focus on a few things, um, but just be relentless with those. And in 12 weeks is a long enough time that, man, you can make profound progress, but there's a healthy sense of urgency in that, right? You, you recognize, Hey, I can't put things off. You're mm -hmm. still going to have a tendency to do that because in an annual environment, you, you thought you could do that, but it's, it's no different. It's just, it's more evident in a 12 week year than it is an annual environment that look that that doesn't work. It's not going to get you where you want to go. Yeah. Um, so just being mindful of the fact that, you know, the more you embrace that 12 weeks as the year, yeah. the greater impact it's going to have on your actions, the greater impact it's going to have on your results. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I, I think that's really what makes the 12 week year different than, you know, anything else in the marketplace when it comes to goal setting is, is that it really is. It's, I think a lot of the books and, and I've learned a lot from them. It's not to knock the other, you know, other resources. There's some amazing stuff in there. Um, it's an execution system. It's an implementation system. It's how do you turn an idea into reality? How do you start to really take these things that I want and put them into a real actionable plan, which, you know, as you've talked about, and I know the book talks a lot about too, is where people fail is it's not usually the plan, right? It's, it's the execution, right? Yeah. Probably 90% of the time it's the execution, but people, what do they do? They change the plan, right? Yeah. And then you get in this habit of constantly changing the plan and updating thinking that that's going to be the difference maker, um, instead of just figuring out how you, how to do the heavy lifting, <laughs> how to get yourself to do what matters most and do it day in and do it day out. Exactly. Exactly. And, and can we, can we talk about that? Can we talk about kind of a, 
a bigger macro view of the, I, I know them because I've been through it lots, but the disciplines of the five disciplines of the 12 week year. Sure. Yeah. There, there, there really are been the fundamentals, high performance. It's not like Michael and I created these things. Mm-hmm. We just packaged them. Um, mm-hmm. But it starts with vision, right? Having a compelling why. Mm. Some people skip that step thinking it's fluff when it's the cornerstone of all high performance, mm-hmm. right? That's the, that's the uh, motivation where, the, where you're connected emotionally to some future that's bigger than the present. Otherwise, we're just going to continue to do what we've done. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, that's critical. And, and then we build a plan. But as you've already alluded, 12-week planning is very different than traditional planning. It's more focused. Um, it's more tactical. It's more granular. It literally spells out everything you need to do in 12 weeks. And it's not, it's not everything you can think of. Again, it's the, the critical few, the least number of things that, that it takes to accomplish the goals. So again, it's all about this focus where you're not spread over a, a, a ton of tasks, which results in diffusion and overwhelm and, and stagnation, right? What we want to do is we want to build some momentum, build some confidence, start to feel that rhythm and, and work on the things that, that really matter. Mm-hmm. And then there's process that we insert. So we've got this compelling vision. We've got a, we've got a really tactical granular plan. Um, still not enough, right? We've got, to, we've got to execute that daily. So that's where process control comes in. Tools and events that we insert into the environment so that you're not just relying on personal discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the scorekeeping aspect, the measurement right? Tracking the lead and lags, but as you know, most importantly, measuring your execution. Yes. And I say most importantly, because we don't control the outcomes. The goals are the outcomes. What we control are the actions. And so we're going to track the outcomes. We're going to literally score our execution. So as, as a practitioner, you know, to what degree are you doing the things you said you needed to do and whether or not it's producing. Yeah. And in those two sets of numbers, you have all the data you need to make adjustments. Yeah. That's the cool thing about the 12 week year. When you, when you apply it as a system, it's, it's a, you know, it's a self-correcting system. It shows you where it's breaking down. It shows you where the opportunities are. It yeah. shows you how to dial it in. Yeah. And I think, do you agree kind of the, the keeping score aspect? I find if you're only focused, if your goal is your only metric, often people don't hit their goals when they want to, right? And then they lose their motivation to, you know, sometimes act, but the, the scorekeeping process, whether you're, you know, perfect, not perfect. It's pretty motivating just to look at what, what am I actually doing? Well, where can I improve? And it, do you find that people perform just knowing where they're at levels them up? Uh, some of them do, right? Some of them, <clears throat> one, one comment is if you get too fixated on the outcomes, mm-hmm. you shut down because inherently, you know, you can't control it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we focus on the execution, I, I say it depends because it depends on whether or not you're taking the action. Right. If you're right. not taking the action week after week after week, then what happens is the system confronts you with that. Mm. And you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to step up and take the action or you're going to bail. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's why vision matters. That's why that goal and those actions need to be connected to a bigger vision yeah. so that when you're confronted with that, you know, that you choose to step up as opposed to bail. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, when you're, you know, you now have a, a measure that says, regardless of what happened this week, I had a good week if I did this stuff. Right. Because the results are lag. You know, the results can be weeks or months in coming. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, take any, anyone in sales, typically, um, 
you know, the first time I talk to someone, I don't sell something. If you're in financial services or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. It might take multiple conversations. So you could have a week where you sell nothing and you could have a great week. Why? Mm. Because you took the appropriate actions to guarantee a bright future. Yeah. The reverse of that is you could have sold a lot of stuff, but you didn't do what you needed to do. So great. Right. You have this feast this week, but guess what? Your future's not looking very bright. Yeah. So it's really understanding what you can control and what you don't control and what ultimately drives, you know, the results and the outcomes you're looking for in life. Yeah. Yeah. It makes so much sense. And just with that too, I find that exactly what you said, if, you know, and you're in sales and you, you have a good week of closing sales, it's, it's almost delusional sometimes. Cause if, if you're not tracking the behavior, the reason why you had a good week was the previous work you did. It wasn't what you did that week. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. You're, you're harvesting fruit from, stuff you planted earlier, right? Weeks or months earlier. Yeah. 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 So, and, and I know there's another component to this as well, but if, if we go back to the vision part, I mean, in this, this show, by the way, I mean, we've had a bunch of speakers on and it's a common message. I mean, any high performer Absolutely. talks about Absolutely. vision, right? As you say, it's the cornerstone of it. What do you, why do you think it is? Cause I, I, I talk to people about it all the time. Why do you think people procrastinate on, it's such a simple step in theory to design a vision. Why do you think people procrastinate on that first step or, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, two things I've experienced. One is most people haven't done the work in the past, so it's kind of uncomfortable doing it. Hmm. Right? It's, gosh, I don't know exactly what I want to do. And if there's one thing I don't want to screw up on, it's my vision for my life. Right? right? <laughs> yeah. So so they, ha they haven't done that work. They haven't experienced the power of it either. You, you know, and, it, and at one level, it seems like fluff. Mm. Well, that's the fluffy stuff. I, give me, give me the hard, fast stuff that really makes a difference. And, and so think about, think about an Olympic athlete, mm -hmm. right? I mean, how are they so disciplined? Well, every time they see some, like when you see the cheesecake or I see the cheesecake, we think about how good it's going to taste. For sure, yeah. When they look at it, they think about how they want to perform in the event there, and and it's a, it's it's an easy choice then to turn away from that. Mm -hmm. That's because they have a vision of how they want to perform. Or um, same same thing, right? But but people haven't. A lot of people haven't experienced the power of it. Yeah. Um, they've never done the work before. They've yeah. heard about it. They hear about it so often, they just kind of check out on it too, mm -hmm. is what happens. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. You know, yeah, I got that. You know, but um, but it really does matter. And the key there is that you not only create it, but you stay connected to it. Mm -hmm. So all the way through to where you can tie the specific actions you have to take this week to live in the life you want to live three years, five years, 10 years down the road. Mm -hmm. When you can make that kind of connection, vision is incredibly powerful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And exactly. I mean, to that point that you just made, you, you have to stay connected to it. So if you do it, those of you listen, I mean, it's not a one-time exercise. You do it. No. We don't look, you know, lock it in the drawer. I mean, it's something that we've, we got to be connecting with. And I learned this from you guys too, is just take a little bit of time to start of your week, right? Take a little bit of time to just reconnect with your vision. I mean, if you can, if you can do it daily, even better, but just even start the week out, making sure you're having that time dedicated there. So, you establish your vision, step one, design a 12-week plan, that idea of process control, scorekeeping, and then the fifth part of it is time use. Time use. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, ultimately, it all happens in the context of time. So, you've got to be intentional with your time, what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to. Mm. And, um, you know, I would argue in order to do that, though, there's some other things that have to be in place. Okay. 
right? One, the first thing you need to know to be effective with your time is, is really what do you want? That's the vision question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. The second thing is what matters most. That's the planning question. The third thing is, are you doing it? That's the process control execution question. Fourth thing is, is it producing? So there's a sequencing to the disciplines even, mm. right? If you're not clear on your vision, you don't have a tactical plan, you don't have process control, you're not measuring, then, then when you start to be more effective with your time, it's virtually impossible. You, you might get more efficient at the things that don't matter, but without those other pieces, the clarity around them and the structure you need, yeah. um, you're going to be spinning your wheels. So, you know, a lot of people jump in and they want to just take something, time management course or whatever. And that's, that's great, but get these other pieces in place. <laughs> right. So that now you know what matters most. So you know what to say yes to. Everything else then is secondary. Yeah. If there's time, I'll get to it. Right. But I don't start with that stuff. I don't... St- Take the day as it comes. I'm intentional about carving out time to work on the things that matter most, yeah. kind of letting the rest of the day fill in around it, knowing that I'm not going to get it all done. There will always be more to do. Yeah, isn't there? So if you're not clear on these other structures, then then the day kind of runs you versus you run in the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And it's just it, exactly the way you said. I mean, with time... You can be busy getting a whole bunch of unproductive stuff done, right? I mean, we just, we just can. And and like Brian talked about, I mean, all those other steps were really designed. What what am I working towards? What are my priorities around it? Is it moving the needle? Yeah. At the end of the exactly. day. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, that's phenomenal. Um, I would love for you to talk about everybody. If you don't have a copy of the 12 week year, go and get a copy. As soon as you're done, like go and order this right now, you know, go get a copy of it. It's, it's amazing. I know you're loving today and Brian's book, Brian and Michael's book dives into it even more. So um, one concept, if, if you're good to talk about it, I'd love to hear you expand on a bit for the audience is, is that idea of accountability as ownership. So not the traditional form of people think, but as ownership. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, we've got a contract with Wiley for another book <clears throat> be out this fall and it's on accountability. The whole book is on accountability. So really? Cool. Excited about that. Yeah. Awesome. And, and the reason is because it's really misunderstood. Mm-hmm. You know, most people have experienced accountability as consequences, negative consequences, right? Someone says they're going to hold someone accountable and here comes this negative consequence, you know, some some form of punishment. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's how at some point in life we've experienced accountability. And, and yet- that's not accountability. Mm. So we associate accountability with negative consequences and, and we shy away from it. Mm-hmm. Right. The example I give is practically daily. Some athlete does something he or she's not supposed to do. And then someone in authority comes out at a press conference and says, we're going to hold this person accountable. And then what happens? Well, they find them, they suspend them, mm-hmm. right? Some form of negative consequence. And that's the way people experience accountability. Yeah. And that's not accountability. Right. So, you know, accountability is not consequences, it's ownership. And the reason is, is because at the heart of accountability is free will choice. You always, 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 always have choice, regardless of the situation. Now, it doesn't guarantee you're going to like the choices, right? I like to joke that here in the States, April 15th rolls around, it's tax day, you can pay your taxes or go to prison. I don't right. like either one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, you have choice. Yeah. And, and that's really at the heart of accountability, recognizing that I have choices. Now, I might not have the choices you have, right? I might look at you and go, gosh, I wish I had the choices Ben has. Mm-hmm. I might not have those choices, but I have choice. And, and how I respond and the choices that I do make shapes my future choices mm-hmm. and ultimately creates the consequences I experience in life. 
Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, it, it affects everything from my health to my relationships to my my income, my success, my fulfillment. I mean, everything is affected by how you view accountability. And, mm. and you know, so one of our missions is to scrub this notion of accountability's consequences and, and really help people understand accountability as choices ownership. Because when you do, Ben, I think it's the most empowering concept there is to, to live the life you want to live. Wow. Most empowering concept. It's, it's, interesting hearing you talk about that because I think there is, there's such a, for a lot of people, such a negative connotation in their mind or, or the way they view accountability, as you said, as consequences. And therefore, if you're feeling, you know, potentially bad about that, well, you're going to avoid it. You're going to avoid yeah, it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But, but ownership and choice, I made a post yesterday on social media, just about books and the importance of books. And anyways, a whole bunch of people told me they're reading right now. Multiple people said a uh, man's search for meaning by, by Victor Frankl there. That's it, right? I mean, even it, where they took everything else from and we said whether or not they would take our dignity as a choice we had. A choice we had, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, uh, if your listeners know the story, he was a, a psychiatrist that was, was Jewish and he was in a concentration camp. And he just, you know, he had an interesting view of it. He survived it. And he talked about the people that survived it recognized that they had choice. They didn't have choice in their surroundings. They didn't have choice where they were, but they yeah. still had choice of, 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 you know, how they, how they reacted to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and we do, I mean, we all have choice in the moment, whether we're exercising it or not. I mean, that's, that's. Well, at thing. one level you always are, whether okay. you're conscious and intentional about it or not is another thing. Right. Right. Because even if I, it, the, the, the even if I don't believe I have choice, that's a choice I have did not believe that, if that makes any sense. Sure. Yep. So, so we're always exercising choice. It's really just being mindful of that and, and, um, and making the productive choices for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's so good. Um, I know I want to share a little bit my own experience going through several different 12-week years and, and some were phenomenally successful. You alluded to it earlier that some are going to be stronger than others, right? And some might be as strong. The best ones I've ever done, hands down, and the best one I ever had was actually last year. I'm about to enter in a brand new one right away here. But the best one was, um, the whole idea is is doing it with somebody else. Having somebody, you know, two, three people, another person you can do it with that you have that have that meeting together, right? And, and work on that. And what a game changer that was when I was trying to do it just on my own versus actually yeah. alongside somebody else. Game changer. Yeah. Anytime you go it alone, you're, you're stacking the odds against yourself. Mm. Right. And yet sometimes I think that, um, you know, our ego gets in the way and we think, well, you know, I, I can do this or, you know, um, I, it's going to be more fulfilling if I do it alone, man, you're just making it harder on yourself. Um, <laughs> and so finding some other people to go arm in arm with yeah, like-minded people that want to accomplish stuff. And, and again, they're not holding you accountable. They're holding you capable. They're helping you confront the reality. They're yeah. encouraging you. They're challenging you. They're building you up when you get, when you stumble, because I mean, that happens, right? Yeah. So, so you're just stacking the odds so much more in your favor. You know, the studies I've seen are you go alone, you got about 10% chance of being mm. successful, mm-hmm. about 80% with peer support. Wow. So that's not a little bit. I mean, that's a huge difference. Yeah. And so find some people that are like-minded, that that are willing to enter into it, that that are serious about their goals yeah. and willing to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. That's great. 
You so, know, they don't even have to be in the same business. They don't have to have similar goals. It's yeah. really about just getting around people that are motivated to accomplish their goals and do what it takes to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think now, I just mean with, with online, all the different groups, it's, it's probably easier never to find people that want that, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's say I'm listening to this today. New concept for me. First time I'm hearing it. Obviously, I'm inspired. I'm excited about it. I'm going to go, I reworked my vision. I got my plan. I got my scorekeeping process, all that stuff, right? I've got everything in place. What can you talk to our listeners about? Hey, just be prepared. Here's probably a couple things, a couple challenges most yeah. people experience along the way. Yeah, a, a number of things, Ben. It's, that's a really good question. Um, you know, the first is that most people um, put too much in the plan because you're used to planning annually okay. and it all comes due in the first few weeks. Right. Because I'm anxious. I want, you know, I, I got to accomplish the goal in 12 weeks. I got to front load everything. So just be mindful of that. And and so what happens when we do that is about week four, five, or six, we just, we're so overwhelmed. We feel so far behind that we'll drop out. And so if you bump up against that, don't bail, go back. And if your plan has more than one goal, pick just one goal and then pick no more than three actions that mm. you're going to do on a daily, weekly basis just to get some momentum built. Mm. Your first 12 weeks in particular, it's really about finding the rhythm, finding the cadence and building some momentum. Uh, yeah. The other thing is you will stumble. You're going to have some bad weeks. Right. And that's why that peer support matters. Mm. So that, you know, you've got people picking you up and going, hey, hey, Ben, you know, you can't change the past. You can't do anything about last week, but you can certainly, you know, be focused this week. And um, so, so recognize that that's going to happen. I mean, I've been on system a couple of decades. I still have some bad weeks, mm -hmm. but I don't have two in a row because I'm in a group like that. We, we wham as a team, we talk yep. about it and we confront it. Um, and the other thing would be that every, every 12 weeks, you know, we take that 13th week, we celebrate, we celebrate progress. We celebrate success. We also review the previous 12 weeks and lock and load, but that's a big fall off point for people. Hmm. You know, they'll have a killer 12-week year and then they never reload for another one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, build that as part of your routines. We did a workshop two weeks ago, I think, on habits and routines. Okay. You know, build that into your routine. Schedule it in your calendar. Every 13th week as an organization, you know, we used to go off-site. We do it remote now, but we take two days and we go through that. And so we know that we're never falling off. We're coming back. We're learning from the past 12 weeks. We're leveraging that as we move forward. We start another 12-week year, but we're celebrating in that as well, but we're locked and loaded. So hmm. um, the more you can kind of calendarize those key activities yeah. and just make it part of the way you operate, then the more success you're going to have with the 12-week year and accomplishing your goals. That makes sense. So number one, if you're running into it, simplify it, get, narrow it down to one goal, two, three keystone actions, right? Yep peer support number two, and then use that 13 week, 13th week, leverage that for yep. review, but also launching into the next one. Here's yeah. the, here's the final thing I'd say about that, Ben, is that uh, be prepared for it to be uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Because if you're taking new ground, there's stuff in your plan that you haven't done before. Right. And so you're going to want to do other stuff instead of doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that for that's sure. what we call the heavy lifting. It's, yeah. It's getting yourself to do that and <clears throat> don't beat yourself up when you don't just look at, you know, what did you choose to do instead of that? 
why did you choose that stuff? What's it going to take for you to choose to do what's in the plan as you go forward? Mm. It's not, again, it's not about being perfect. It's just about getting yourself, knowing yourself and stacking the odds in your favor so that you take the action. Yeah, so good. And I think to Brian's point too, everybody, when we think about that idea of it is going to be uncomfortable, for sure it is. But that's why you're putting this stuff down is you've got something greater in your life you want to accomplish. And, and just how stuck we can get in our comfort zones just doing the same old thing, doing the same old thing. Your old habits are going to, they're going to want you to not change, right? right. But with, with what Brian's talking about is this idea to recognize that it's going to be uncomfortable. But I've also noticed too, and I'm sure you've noticed it yourself and coaching people too, that usually the real juice of life is getting out of the comfort zone, right? It's, it's the thinking that makes it painful. The execution is right. actually kind of fun sometimes. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that holds people back is that notion that we're wired for comfort, mm. right? We seek it, we desire it, nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But in terms of you accomplishing great things, that's not your friend. So you have to be, you have to understand that and, and, and recognize that that's just our tendency. And so how we overcome that is we make choices in the moment that say, okay, and we stack things in our favor, like having, having some other people go along on the journey with us. Mm-hmm using a, a plan, using the software that we have or using whatever tools you have to mm -hmm. support the process and, and beginning to shift the mindset so that, as you say, so that the execution becomes exciting, it becomes fun. I realize that, look, the first few times I'm going to do this, I'm probably not going to be very good at it because it's new, which means I'm not going to have a lot of confidence, right? Confidence comes from competence. So what do I need? I need reps, I just need to do it again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so kind of leaning into that as leaning, as opposed to leaning away from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. And I think everybody too, just again, with what Brian's saying as well as give up the notion of perfection. I know Brian brought that up earlier. It's not about perfection. Just dive into it. Be, be okay to fall down a bit, right? It's, it's a learning experience. And Brian, I've loved this. I mean, this is awesome. As I said, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Uh, love, love it. I love what it's made it, the difference it's made in my own life. Looking forward to more and more of these. Looking forward to doing some work together too, which will be great. Um, awesome. I there's a whole bunch of other things I want to talk to you about, but I want people to get the book. I want people to get into your, to your work. So I'm, I'm, we're not going to dive into that today. Uh, everybody, again, get a copy of the book. In terms of connecting with you, I think your guys' websites probably best resource. Is that right? Yeah, twelveweekyear.com. Okay, and you can go to twelveweekyear.com forward slash getting started. Okay. And, and we have a free getting started course too, which will be a series of emails to walk you through the vision, the planning, give you some wow. sample plans, some of that stuff. So that's a great re resource. And then you'll get on our weekly success tips. I send something out every week to kind of keep you moving forward. And, but 12weekyear.com is where you can find us. We have online products like the Achieve Power Pack yep. all the way up to one-on-one -on -one performance coaching and some stuff in between. Amazing. Amazing. 12weekyear.com and then forward slash getting started for the, the resource. And there's some really good resources there, guys. I mean, I've, I've been to some of that stuff and it's, it's phenomenal and, and they give it to you, right? I mean, it's amazing. So no reason to not check that out. Hey, question for you. Uh, I know you're big into reading, big time personal development. I love asking my guests this and, um, and I'm, I'm curious to hear what yours, what would you say? I know, I'm sure there's lots, but what are three of the, the biggest books that have influenced your life, your favorite books? Wow. Three of them. I, you know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one that's top of mind and it's been a favorite of mine for years, which is feel the fear and do it anyways by mm -hmm. Susan Jeffers. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know for a while that was out of print. I think it's back in print though. Okay. Um, 
And I just love that book because it, it helps you understand that anytime we're trying to do something that's outside our comfort zone that we haven't done before, you know, there's some fear with that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how successful you are. Cause, cause I think there's this tendency to look at people that are doing it or more successful than we are and go, Oh, they're fearless. Well, they're not. They're mm-hmm. wired just like you are. Mm-hmm. They just didn't let that fear stop them. Mm-hmm. And so she gives you these, uh, some, some tips on how to move through that and lean into that. It's, it's one of my favorite books. It really is. It's, it's a pretty short read as well. Mm. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm due for a reread on that. Thank you for the reminder on that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Brian, appreciate your time. This has been awesome. Uh, any, any, any closing remarks for the audience here? Things that you would want them walking away? Last kind of thoughts? Yeah, there's this concept. We talk about greatness in the moment okay. in, our, in our book. And um, that's really this notion that all we have is right now. Right? That's where life is lived. Mm-hmm. Two minutes ago is the past. It exists as a memory. The future is not here yet. Your future is actually be cre- being created right now in the moment. And, and that's also where greatness is created. Mm. It's not sometime in the future. It's not when your income's at a certain level and your relationships look a certain way. The truth is you're either great in the moment or you're not. Either way, that's reflected in your future. And, and, and I think as you grasp that concept, uh, again, it's a very encouraging concept because it says, I don't have to wait. In fact, if I'm waiting, I'm probably never going to get there. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, pick up the book, get the getting started course. Don't wait, get started, jump in, live the life you're really capable of. Don't settle for anything less than the life you're truly capable of. Amazing. I love that. So incredible. Hey, everybody. I know you love this. Uh, connect with Brian and Michael, get to the 12weekyear.com, get a copy of the book, get in touch with them for sure. I mean, amazing resources. Uh, Make sure you share this episode with people, share it with at least one person. Make sure you do that. Connect with me on Instagram at Ben Spangle. And then as always, hey, if you're not subscribed to the show, subscribe to the show. We want to bring maximum value, unbelievable guests like Brian to this. So we appreciate you. Brian, hey, thanks so much for spending some time with everybody. I know this was big time value and the work you guys are doing. I know you know this, but seriously, I'm speaking from, from me personally you guys are changing a lot of lives and mine's been one of them. I've had many friends that I've worked with on this stuff too and, and business partners and you guys are making a big difference in the work you're doing. Appreciate that. That's, that's why we do it. So it's, it's, it's good to hear it. It's awesome. Okay. Bye everybody. We'll see you soon.